Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to a special segment of Campus Beat. My name is Dinah Jansen and I'm in the virtual studio today with Malika Thackers, a Master's of Environmental Science student here at Queen's University. Hi Malika. Hello, hello. Well, welcome to CFRC and you've been making some waves in the news just over the last uh, week or so. Uh, really excited to talk to you about a great new project that you are working on, particularly the project related to preventing bird strikes in windows, not only at Queen's University, but everywhere. Uh, thanks for saving the tiny creatures. <laughs> we really appreciate it. <laughs> Um, I'm happy to do my part. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the research that you're doing in the master's program in environmental science here at Queen's? Sure. All right. Um, well, I'd say that I'm a longtime bird enthusiast, but I only began studying ornithology in university. Um, and right now, the research that I'm doing is aiming to assess the window collision risk for the birds on the Queen's University main campus. And to unpack that a little bit, I'm sure everyone listening has had an experience where they've heard or seen a bird collide with a window, as unfortunate as that is, and know that that can be very deadly for them often. And so what I'm doing is just helping to determine how dangerous our campus is to local and migrating birds, given the amount and type of glass we have on our windows here. Um, and as you mentioned, we're also in the process of installing some mitigation tactics to prevent those collisions around Queens. And I'll be monitoring those to make sure that they're effective and hoping to get them spread all around campus. So what interested you in studying bird strikes? It, I, I myself uh, grew up in a home where bird strikes were actually a regular occurrence and it was sad and awful almost every time. Occasionally you'd see a little guy, you know, recover and fly away happily, <laughs> but other times, most of the time, uh, the birds would die. Um, it, what a sad thing. <laughs> so what got you interested in studying uh, this particular phenomenon? Yeah, I'll be honest with you, it is a morbid topic when you think about it, but I just keep hoping that it's going to get better once I'm all done my work here. Um, so in the biology undergraduate program at Queen's, there's a course called Conservation Biology, which mm -hmm. is run by my supervisor, Dr. Vicki Friesen. And I loved that course. Um, one of my favorite parts about the course is that Vicki invites students to create and undertake their own conservation biology project, something to make local change happen here and now, and just create a better space for the nature around us. And at that time, the project that I began researching was how dangerous it was for birds to have lights left on at buildings at night. Uh -huh. And the more research I did on that issue, the more I found that the heart of the issue, both during the day and during the night for collisions, was that birds have difficulty telling whether glass is a, uh, what's a tangible object, something they can hit. Uh -huh. so, Okay. So Queen's, uh, we learned from Queen's University's uh, Gazette newspaper uh, that you also undertook a research project funded by the Society of Conservation Biology over the summer. What was this project? How was it conducted? And what were your findings? So when I was 
doing that research uh, for the conservation biology course. I was also an active member of the Society for Conservation Biology Kingston chapter at the time. And many members of the executive team shared my enthusiasm for trying to make campus a safer, safer space for birds. Um, and we realized that Kingston has a lot of collision risk factors, things that will increase the potential for birds to hit glass, given that it's by a large body of water, that it's by a large amount of green space, um, that it's on a transnational bird migration pathway. There are just exponential factors that increase the risk here. And I, I was lucky enough to receive, receive a job offer from them to work as their summer intern. And with their support, what I started doing was essentially developing this master's degree research project, which I thought someone else would come in and take over for me at the end of the summer. Surprise, surprise, here I am now. Well, um, lucky you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not lucky you, good for you, rather. <laughs> Thank you very much. Also lucky me, I'm very fortunate. Um, but I worked with a team of student volunteers walking around campus in all the early morning hours to try and figure out which buildings had the highest risk of collisions. And then going forward, we knew we were going to study those ones and look at how things changed over time. Yeah. Okay. So now we know that you've uh, developed a thesis project from some of this work that you have uh, conducted over the summer uh, with the Society of Conservation Biology. But what did you do with the findings, uh, for example, uh, your working relationship with the Queen's Office of Sustainability? What happened there? Well, during the summer, I began to uh, have discussions and meetings with Nathan Splinter from the Sustainability Office. Um, and while one half of the project we were setting up was to create an estimate of the total annual collisions on main campus, the other half of the project was looking into installing some mitigation tactics and comparing the before and after of the number of collisions at those sites. Uh, something that was out of my hands as a student, absolutely. And so, Nathan and his assistant at the time, Madeline Fellows, they worked to establish a sustainability office task force dedicated to setting up these mitigation tactics. And the agreement between the task force and the university was that a graduate student would continue the summer research and uh, would, would compare the before and after for just a couple sites around campus. And then if they proved to be very effective at preventing bird window collisions, we'd apply these mitigation tactics all around. Okay, so can you tell us about some of these mitigation tactics, including dotted film material that's in the windows? Tell us about it. Sure. Um, so those films, they, as you mentioned, they have small dots on them. They typically form... Uh, they're typically placed five centimeters apart, all the dots on the window, uniformly across the outside of the glass. And that is the best mitigation tactic for bird window collisions that we have available at the time. In, in many studies done involving them, it's shown to reduce collisions by 95 to 100%. So like almost completely eradicating the issue. Um, and this is largely where Nathan and his team stepped in, but what they found was this one film for the windows that would last about 10 years, so that way we were making sure the plastic isn't decomposing and just entering the ecosystem really easily. Um, and yes, I'm not sure what more to say on that, but just essentially that's the best option we have available. Okay. Yeah. 
So how will you monitor the dotted film's effectiveness in pre preventing bird strikes? And how long will you be doing this monitoring for? So the monitoring that we've got going on sort of started last May and is going to continue all the way up until this November. We've been excluding the winter months just because there's less bird activity at the time and it's a bit harder to keep track of as well. Um, okay. So the original goal was to have the mitigation tactics applied this May and then compare our results from last year to our results from this year. But as you know, the world entered a bit of a state of chaos. So things got up a little later than planned. Um, so while I'll be comparing the results from the end of this year to the results from the end of last year, um, following protocol that's sort of standardized for everyone researching bird strikes, there's protocol put up by Hager and Cosentino that everyone sort of follows in this field, walking two uh, looking two meters around the edge of a building, walking once, once in each direction, um, checking from all angles, lots of little things like that. I'm, I'm very grateful that there is standardized methodology out there. So we've been using that over the years um, and we'll be comparing the short amount of overlap time we have from last fall to this fall before and after the mitigation tactics were installed and using the other buildings as sort of a shifting baseline. So if we see more bird strikes on all of the buildings this year, then it kind of changes the relationship we see between the before and after of the mitigation tactics, if that makes sense. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, right. I might have gotten a bit scientific there. <laughs> no, but, but you really fleshed it out for us very well. Thank you so much. So I guess for uh, us lay people uh, that aren't in master's programs uh, and doing this kind of research, but still wanting to think about uh, how to uh, help our little bird friends outside, uh, what can we do at home to prevent bird strikes uh, on our own windows? I definitely think that's an important undertaking. Um, and I have some advice for you here because essentially residential buildings can face similar numbers of collision uh, risk, can face a similar amount of collision risk as larger corporate buildings and multi-level buildings. Um, for folks at home, I would say that if you can, get your hands on some of the feather-friendly window dots. Those are similar to the ones that we're applying to campus, the highly effective methodology. It's really easy to just stick them on your own windows at home. Mm -hmm. um, and my parents did it at their house and are seeing great results from it. We haven't had any more issues with that. So I'd, I'd really encourage people to take up that. Okay, so keep that in mind. Feather-friendly dots for your own windows, especially if you have those big picture windows or, or sliding glass doors that uh, reflect woods and trees and things like that might be in front of or behind your home. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Malika, for joining us in the virtual studio today to talk about your innovative work and research with Queen's University on preventing and monitoring and preventing bird strikes at Queen's University. We really do appreciate your time. Thank you very much. It was a delight to be here. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. 